Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, Friday edition the f- there's something going on Friday. There's really something going on this Friday. Um, and for uh, a day like this, when we are talking about the actual future, the business future of the WWE as we know it, we have to go to our guy, uh, the man we, we seek counsel from, spiritual guidance, uh, information, oh. life lessons, the masked man himself, David Shoemaker, joining us. What's up, dude? Lots of going on. Lots going on, man. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. We should just make this, and we should have an official title for this. Just like serious conversations, right? With Peter yeah, and yeah. David. You know what? You're you're right. Like, yeah, like w- when ish gets real. You know, because that, that's that's what seems like the times when shoemaker comes on is when things are serious. And uh, yeah, yesterday we were in our group chat, the famed Jew World Order, and some text started going around about uh, Vince McMahon putting out a statement about a return to WWE. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess in the moment, I, I don't think I was I, I was in the middle of my radio show. I was like, I was trying to process what was going on. And as the as time has gone on, we've learned more and more about just how real a thing this is. So I guess, Dave, do do me a favor. F- pretend that there's someone listening who truly doesn't know what's going on at all. And just explain exactly what's going on with Vince McMahon and WWE right now. Um, okay, well, we, we can take it back and, and we'll, do, we'll do the very abbreviated form, but but the, the short version is that Vince McMahon, former uh, chairman of WWE, founder of WWE, everybody knows his, his history, um, left the company last year, um, was to some degree forced to walk away from the company. Obviously, it wasn't of his own volition, but to what degree he was sort of strong-armed is a little bit unclear, but but he was he he, he was he left the company because of a series of allegations of um, mostly made by in the Wall Street Journal uh, by research. I mean, by reporting in the Wall Street Journal that he had had a number of affairs and uh, and that had resulted in large financial payoffs to the women involved. Um, contrary to some of the initial reporting, it didn't seem like he was using company funds to make the payoffs. He was using his pri- his own money. However, 
uh, when you spend $5 million or whatever the sum is to pay functional hush money to someone you've had an affair with, uh, and you were the chairman of a company, you actually have to report that to the SEC because it financially benefits the company. So there's all this sort of financial stuff going on that that so he was so he walked away from the company stephanie mcmahon his daughter who had just previously walked away from her role in wwe was brought back she and nick khan who vince had installed as president of the company became what co-ceos stephanie's the chairwoman i might have those two things backwards i think that's obviously her her husband triple h paul levesque um, took over creative and and he's COO also is he he, he has C- one of those chief two. creative officer chief uh-huh. he, he does have an executive title um, okay. d- d- and so they 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 took over the company Vince sort of faded in the background after a after Stephanie led a raucous thank you Vince chant on the SmackDown uh, after or, or was it a Raw after he disappeared um, and. Uh, it's it's been relatively quiet since until December. This sort of thing popped up in the Wall Street Journal again that Vince thought he had been given bad advice in stepping down and being told to step down, and that he wanted to work his way back. I thought that was a nothing burger at the time because it, as we're speaking right now, reinstalled himself on the board of directors, removed three people, installed himself in two <laughs> Michelle Wilson and George Barrios, who were previous WWE executives, who he fired and replaced with Nick Khan. Him, Vince did this. Now he's brought them back, as Vince loves to do, but to bring back the people that he has himself fired as, and and they are um, trying to regain power. Now, you know, the, the corporate imaginations aspect of this is a little bit hazy, I think, to everybody, and, and I will admit to me, but but I think that the angle is basically this. There were real limitations to what he could do, even as the majority shareholder of the company. He couldn't just walk back in and say, I'm back. Uh, because of the way the board was set up, you know, he couldn't just he couldn't just show up for you know show up at Titan Towers on a Monday and say, "Where's the script for Raw? Let's get going," you know. But <clears throat> there were real and in, in the real and very significant things he could and can do, uh, and one of those things was as a majority shareholder to scuttle or protect the you know or reject any potential sale or rights deal or whatever. So. He's come back and said, I'm ready to sell the company. I think we should sell the company, and I think we should be looking at these new rights deals, and uh, I will only move forward with any of those as chairman. So he's reinstalled himself as chairman, and now he's talking in terms of selling the company. We'll see what exactly that means, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more. But yeah, Vince is back on the board. And, uh, so wait, so that, that is a done deal? So it's, not, it's no longer just that he's declaring that's what he's going to do or wants to do. He is, in fact, back on the board. The question now is whether or not he he also becomes chairman. Yes, I believe that's the case. Yeah. Now, even without the chairman title, being the majority shareholder, correct me if I'm wrong, he does have the ability to sell the company if he wants to anyway, doesn't he? He has the ability to to I think almost single-handedly approve any approve or reject any sale. Um it's unclear I don't, I'm actually not sure. I'm not sure if if he, I'm not sure that he could just, because I think he still has to act within the best interest of the shareholders and everything. So he couldn't just be like, I've decided to sell the company to my son Shane for $10. You know, I mean, I don't think he can do that, but there's a lot of this I don't understand. Yeah, no, he, he, as I understand it. Right. I mean, and there's there, and and however that works, there is obviously an undercurrent here where if he can't put himself back, I mean, who knows what, what the goal is? Who knows? But if the if the goal were to just take back over his old job, this is definitely something out of succession, 
people are going to say that over and over again. Although it is weirdly, if we're going to talk HBO dramedies, it's more, it's almost more like something out of Silicon Valley where like they're at the end of every season, there's a giant, they, they sell the company and start back over where the, where they started at the beginning of the season. Right. It's like, I, I finagled my old job back. All we had to do was sell it to Peter Rosenberg, but but there is a, there is a version of events, I guess, where he sells the company to somebody who puts him back in charge. Fully. Well, and, right? and by the way, I mean, everyone, the obvious one, of course, is uh, succession. But what it also feels like is just like a 2000 episode of Raw is also what it feels like. I mean, it, it's this story as it plays out to me feels so like it could be an on camera story that it's almost ridiculous. I almost can't believe that it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no. There, I think there was a there was a, a quick and earnest battle on on Twitter to figure out who could pull up the best GIF or meme events that would apply here. The, it was me, Austin. It was me all along. Um, uh, there was a any number of McMahon family gifts of Triple H gifts. So oh yeah, H- those were I saw those going around. The only thing that can make this more storyline is if you replaced, you know, instead of Nick Khan, the the, the guy sitting in the seat was Ric Flair. You know, that's like the only thing that could make this more Mm storyline. So, okay, what do we think is going to happen in the immediate? Like, what do you just personally expect to see over the next days, weeks? Do you have any expectation? Yeah, I'm going to say something really bold here. I have no idea. Um, I I, I don't. I think that I was more credulous yesterday than you were. I thought that this was a real, it felt like this was a real thing that was going to have real meaningful, I mean, that that, it was actually going to go into effect when Vince McMahon put out his own press release announcing his return to the board. But even I, I mean, I didn't expect it to happen this quickly. And I I, I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I I think that there's, I think it's, my, my guess is that things over the next several weeks will continue without a ton of change to the corporate structure, including the creative structure. And that this will sort of be this bizarre standoff where they figure out what the path forward is, because there are very powerful and very smart people with a lot of, you know, vested interest in everything that happens here. Um, Vince is obviously walking as, as sort of wild as this whole situation is. I mean, you can read his press release and know immediately like he is getting, you know, legal advice from people who know exactly what they're doing. This was like a very calculated chess game, right? So I doubt that anything's going to happen that's going to be too rash right off the bat. But who knows, man? I mean, I don't have, I mean, would I be totally shocked if on Monday at 9 a.m. it came out that like Vincent already negotiated the sale? You know, I mean, like, like that he, you know, negotiated a deal with Fox during the the months that he was gone. And now he's just going to bring that to the table and force it. I don't, I mean, I don't know how this stuff works, yeah, anything's also, but anything's possible. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting situation. <laughs> the stuff that's dropped this morning is particularly interesting. Um, Give us that. What's the latest? This is, uh, he's, he, he started communicating with the board in, I think early December, about this, about the potential for this. And the board tried to dissuade him. One of the things they said was that most notably was that they were, they had been made aware of pieces of the Vince story that were not public yet. So it was a little bit of a threat that these things are going to go public if you come back. Right. And, and maybe a SEC investigation would sort of reopen or continue uh, in earnest. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, there there was a lot of downside to this. Could part of Vince's whole thing, his, his, his statement, his claim which he may fully believe is that him 
coming back to his role as chairman is a material benefit to the company, right? Mm-hmm. They, it, it would help the numbers in a potential rights deal and, a sa- or, and or a sale that he be in charge, which is sort of ironic because for however many decades, the Vince magic has been the sort of conventional wisdom built into WWE, right? When they negotiated their previous rights deals, it was the people, I mean, people, fans have always been chattering about Vince stepping down or stepping aside, inviting other people into the inner circle in terms of creative or whatever. But on a corporate level, there was definitely this perception that Vince had a special magic fairy dust that no one else had, right? What we've learned in his absence is that it's not true. First of all, the machine runs smoothly without him. He's been talking to the board, at least the board since early December. You know, we've heard, we've heard rumor and innuendo that this has been the only thing on his mind for a long time. And I think that that, that much is pretty clear. Um, I've not spoken to Vince. No. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that, I think that it's impossible to imagine them getting together over the holidays and this not at least coming up. Right. I mean, Stephanie has this thing where she says on screen, he's Mr. McMahon at the office. He's Vince. And at home he's dad. But I always sort of have, I, I just can't, I can't imagine what the Vince's dad switch is. I know I, I, I'm sure he is a doting grandfather, you know, like I don't have any doubt about that, but like, do you think they're sitting down to dinner and he's just like talking about, the things that are happening in the news that day, or is he talking about coming back to WWE? I mean, well, I guess we'll never know. Um, but yeah, I mean, he said in his most recent press release today that he has the utmost confidence in Nick and Stephanie and, and, and Paul and doesn't plan to make any changes in that, in those departments. Well, and I think at the end of the day, it's the drama is built in. I mean, everyone's going to say succession and it's a really good I mean, it's a, there is a, there's a very cinematic aspect of the whole thing. So now it's a corporate story, but it's also a meaty story, right? I mean, it is a, it is an interesting story in a way, in, in, a, in, a, in a present tense story, right? I mean, that's what, that's what, how these narratives kind of get told. The stuff that happened in the past is really meaningful. Obviously, in this case, it's what, why all this is happening. But the sort of machinations that are going on in real time are, are what's going to, pe- people are going to continue to report on. And yeah, it's going to be a giant story. It's now, do you, story. do you, and we are, you already said you have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, I agree. Neither do I. Do you, I wonder, let me not even ask, do you know again? Cause you obviously don't, but I wonder whether like this WrestleMania season, just looking at TV and creative, the, the reason we're all here, how affected will that be? Like, could this actually make, could this change? Cause supposedly things are pretty lined up already to mm-hmm. take us from now all the way through Los Angeles. I just wonder, could this all impact storylines in an immediate way? And if so, well, whoever's playing uncle Howdy, cause Vince is going to take that role, right? <laughs> um, no, I mean, listen, it did cross my mind that, that, you know, that Vince would be interested in, you know, they he probably, he saw John Cena come back, you know, if they're gonna, if they're actually going to get the rock. And I think that's still very much up in the air, but like, they're probably going to have a WrestleMania that he will want to have be able to lay claim to, to some extent. Um, but who's, uh, but who's creating, I mean, are you talking about like the folks that Triple H has brought back that were not doing faring well under the Vince regime? I think that the most obvious example is Kevin Owens. I, th- I mean, I think Vince has a lot of affection for Kevin Owens and likes what he does, but I think there's a, I think that, you know, the, the hardest, 
the hardest rung of the ladder to climb is the, or the, is the, or is the distance between the top two, right? And, and it's clear that the current regime sees KO as a, a main eventer in every sense of the word. And it was a real functional hand, you know, under, under the old regime, high level, Great point. you know, mm-hmm. um, weirdly, I think Sami Zayn is a little bit more insulated because Vince has always shown a propensity to really appreciate that level of humor. You know, I mean, I think that's sort of what got Danielson over with him back in the day was the whole, you know, team hell no and all that kind of stuff. I think that uh, I, I, um, so I I think that Sammy weirdly would be fine if Vince took back over creative. I I don't know. I don't know if he'd be main of, you know, if he'd ever get his, he might not ever get to leave the bloodline though. You know, (laughs) Vince might just say this is keep it as it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think those are the guys that you look at. Um, and Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it. There's so much that could change so quickly. So on SmackDown tonight, it's just and also what a huge elephant in the room it is because you're right. It's such a meaty story. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it gets covered. By the way, in the mainstream press, we saw yesterday it got a lot a lot of play. It'll be interesting to see how much play it gets moving forward because my guess is everyone who posts about it will get great clicks on this story, and we will see more coverage than we had seen previously. Yeah. Because now it's all lined up. Like you said, that succession thing is so obvious. It's such low-hanging fruit for everyone. By the way, succession coming back soon. So mm-hmm. you have that machine actually happening. Uh, it's it's fascinating. Um, and yesterday we found out Money in the Bank is going to be in England. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's what sprung him into action? He was into action. He was like, hell no, I promised that to Florida. And then that's why he had to do this right now. Um, no, it's, it's big. It's... Uh, for the England thing is is um, it's really huge. I'm excited to see that that show's going there. Fans over there are just you know losing their minds. Everybody's you know if, if there if there if there's any if there's any angst, it's because they think they could sell so many more than twenty thousand tickets. Why are they why are they <laughs> well that's, to go that's, to a soccer stadium? I, I, I bet they were having the debate because it's at the O2 right, mm-hmm. and they were probably having the serious debate about do we go O2 or we try to go Wembley or something really big. And remembering last year, yep. and they had more to money go, in yeah. the bank. Yes, and money in the bank last year. So they're going. Oh, well, <laughs> Vegas. We had to make the move from Reliant to the, the, the in the building. So my guess is they ended up. I think you are probably better off selling the hell out of O2, where it, it'll be hanging from the rafters, incredible t- secondary market versus. Wembley could be hard. Listen, Money in the Bank is they big. Should just, they should it's, just ev- have every big show in a place that has a 20,000 or 18,000 seater and a 50,000 seater. And they just make everybody buy their tickets blind. And they'll assign and we'll seats the day out. of the show. <laughs> now, now, let me we'll say this, though. Had they, had they gone SummerSlam instead uh-huh. of Money in the Bank, I really do think Wembley becomes realistic. Uh-huh. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's harder for money in the bank, even though money in the bank is everyone acts as if it's like big four. It, it's still not quite. It may be survivor series level. It's not rumble and SummerSlam. No, level. no, it's no, it's not. not. And may, and maybe that's part of the calculus here. You give them the sort of second tier pay-per-view at the smaller arena. And that sort of builds hype for a SummerSlam there. And then not too distant. Or a mania. Yeah. I mean, we don't know where 41 is. Um, we know 40s Philadelphia. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Shoemaker is going to be interesting. Is, is Vince McMahon going to be in charge? Of, is going to be? <laughs> what, is Vince McMahon going to be opening the show at any of those WrestleManias? You think? That well, that's the real bet right now. Like, if if you could go on FanDuel and make bets about how this plays out, I would love to see what are the odds 
that we hear no chance in hell in the next three months playing on television. My God, you know, like, and, and, and is that, I wonder whether like the odds would be like, you know, plus three fifties still. Do you, think, like, you don't, you don't think that you don't happen. think that if he comes back, Vince is just gonna for one time only borrow Bischoff's theme music just so he can just so he can do that. By the way, I think you than... and I, I think you and I are the only people who regularly <laughs> reference Bischoff's music. But I'm back. I mean, that would so be good. would be something else. Um, anyways, it's fascinating stuff, and uh, we covered it as best as we possibly can. Um, and we will obviously be following this as the days and weeks go on. Do you have any big plans this weekend? Because obviously tonight, Shoemaker, in case you're wondering, he watches he'll, he watches SmackDown live, Rampage live. Then overnight, he's watching, you know, Japanese indie events. And then hopefully you'll get some time later in the weekend to spend time with the family. Um. I don't quite know how to do this in a tactful way. My grandmother's funeral is tomorrow, so oh, that's what boy. I'll be doing. <laughs> that was an unfortunate setup by me. Yeah. That was, that was unfortunate. So I'm um, with oh, some dude, family tonight. I did not I'm in know a strange that. room. You know, that's what we got. That's what we got going on this weekend. Wait, what good. strange it's room a, are you in? Are you in a strange room in your house in, or elsewhere? Oh, my dad's home. Oh. Um, down in North Carolina doing the whole thing. But you know what? Like all things considered, as as far as, the, as, far as that these things go, this is, you know, this is the best version of it. Family's how, together. Everybody's happy. How old you was know. your grandmother? Ninety-seven. How was she? Was she? Was she doing well uh, mentally leading up to this? Uh, relatively speaking, she was ninety-seven. You know, um, but she was. Yeah, she was. She was. She was doing pretty well. And uh, yeah, but she. You know, I, I've been here all week, and, and you always have this weird feeling when someone of that age passes. It, there's this weird like you're really sad about it, but you try to justify it with constantly with, but they had a good life, mm-hmm. but like, it doesn't make it less sad that the person that you love is not here. No, like, but I, just, you know, when she, I, when she, when I walked in, when I got here on Monday, I walked into her hospital room and there were 12 members of the family, probably in there, multiple generations, you know, she had a great relationship with many great grandchildren. That's how that's, long she was around. Great. There's so much happiness and love in the room. You know, it was it was about the best you could possibly hope for. And it speaks that's a lot pretty, to her life, you know. That's um, pretty great. Um, I said on I, the Mass Man show this week that that's what, you know, it was on her king-size bed that I got to watch the local Crockett TV show when I would come to North Carolina. So there's, Who else was on that bed with you and Grandma? Well, Grandma wasn't there. Grandma was out. I was hanging out. But that's why we would go visit her house, and I would and I would make a beeline. I don't know how I always knew I could find wrestling on TV. But um, anyway, so that's what I'm that's what I'm up to. But I now I'm keeping tra- keeping track of all this stuff. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 
miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If this was a storyline, I texted you this last night, but if this was a story, I mean, this is terrible and totally, we shouldn't even be talking about it, but... I mean, it does feel so much like a storyline, doesn't it's it? It's crazy. It's, it's, I mean, it's, that's what wrestling's been for so long. I think that you could probably draw a straight line from Brett screwed Brett to right to the way that we care about this as wrestling fans right now. Oh, absolutely. Know? And it's almost like it almost didn't it have to play out this way at some point. I mean, the only thing that would make this more WWE is if it was actually a storyline right now also. Yeah. Like if, if if they were currently playing this out on TV, Nick Khan as a character on tell everyone as of as themselves. That's the only thing that could make this more meta because this mm-hmm. is the whole thing is is incredibly surreal. I um, do think our, that there's yeah we got you got know you got to get out of here, but I I think that you could say that if it were on screen that would feel sort of perfect, you know, like whatever. That's what we're that's what we're used to seeing. But he's one of the wealthiest men in the world, and he has he could do whatever he wants. And what he's decided to do is try to forcibly take his old company back uh all right guys we will all be back there'll be a masked man show on monday um cheap heat back on tuesday have a wonderful weekend uh shoemaker i'm sorry to hear about your grandmother i hope the um i hope she's sent off in wonderful fashion and uh we'll talk soon all right man thanks for having me on mage all right well thank you very much uh to dave shoemaker and before we wrap up uh, this week's episode i think we'd be remiss on such a big news week to not bring in uh, a man who I think people associate with big news and the, all the key stories. And that is, let's see if we can get him on the line here. Hello and welcome to the world of professional podcasting. <laughs> there he is, ladies and gentlemen, Evil Sam Roberts. Evil Sam, how are you, man? You know, I am not necessarily evil. I am just ready to tell the fucking truth. <laughs> And 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 what is the truth this week, Sam? This week is that I am finally due for some comeuppance for a major promotion. I don't know if you heard, but a little birdie happened to tell me, and it wasn't Sean Ross Sapp either, that Vince McMahon is back in action. And you know what that means for your boy, the professional shill, Sam Roberts. <laughs> so, so you're expecting that with all the news we're seeing, this could lead to a major push for... The great Sam Roberts. I'm expecting it. I'm anticipating. I am damn near 
ready. <laughs> I want pre-shows. I want post-shows. I want spin-off shows. The bump? Sorry, you just got bumped. <laughs> oh, my God. You're coming for Matt Camp? I'm coming for Matt Camp. I'm coming for Sean Ross Epp, David Bixon's fan. I'm coming for all you jabronis. <laughs> I don't even know how. I don't even know how they got involved. Wow, um, Sam. Oh, any- they're all involved. I'm coming for them. Let me tell you, this is the ruthless aggression era of Vince McMahon. Meaning, it is a ruthless aggression era of Sam Roberts. I am tired of holding back. I am here to tell the truth, and I am tired of keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> Sam, thank you. Wow. Well, listen, we wish you the best of luck, and please don't forget me on your rise to the top, Sammy. I want to be very clear. You never have me on this show long enough, and tell me if this sounds like a phone hanging up. Well, there he is, evil Sam Roberts. I got to tell you, he's nothing like the real Sam Roberts. The real Sam Roberts is a gentleman, a sweet, sweet man. Uh, I consider him a dear friend. Sam, Sam's on the short list of people who is going to be at this wedding. At least I hope so. I mean, assuming we have a full-size wedding, of course. There's, there's still a chance we get married, just the two of us. We just go off to Antarctica, and it's just me, Natalie, and some penguins. But assuming we do a big wedding, I mean, this is the guy I care for. And he just calls up and, and disrespects everyone. So, anyways, uh, I'm glad we covered the important stuff and the hard-hitting news that you needed this week. You can reach out to us as well, Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. We will be back on Tuesday with more cheap heat. Stay mage, everyone, and uh, enjoy yourself. Of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left, the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Red Heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like Ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.